This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Blood Red podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. We'll be discussing Liverpool's Italian job in San Siro. Oh no, Diogo Jota ruled out of the weekend's action. And we'll be previewing Norwich City's visit to Anfield. To do all of that, we have the O Squires, the face that runs the place, Joe Rimmer, and the return of the prodigal son, Sean Bradbury. <laughs> Gents, I trust you are all well. Uh, Theo, throw over to you first up. And uh, been another positive week for the Reds. It wasn't until Diogo Jota got injured, wasn't it? A uh, couple good wins, good performance from them. Virgil van Dijk back to his best. Luis Diaz uh, just carrying on pretty much how he has done since he joined the club. Uh, everyone's playing well, confidence is high. They can get through a dodgy game at San Siro without really being at their best and then make those subs to change it. Strength and depth there. Everything's just working for them and it's a good time for everything to come together for Liverpool where they're in the Champions League knockout stages. They've got a chance to close the gap on Manchester City. They've got a League Cup final in a week's time to look forward to. It's the business end of the season when they're challenging on four fronts. It's now when you want to pick up momentum and it just seems to be coming together for Liverpool at the right time. Um, Yeah, the only negative on the week has been Diogo Jota, but you can just find positives in everything else, whether it's Harvey Elliott returning from injury, the new signing settling in, uh, Salah and Mane back from AFCON, yeah, positives galore. It's been a good week. And Joe, what have you been most impressed by? The the win against Inter, the pun-laden intro, or Sean Bradbury's headset? Sean Bradbury's headset. You know, yeah, come on. For anyone no, watching, no competition yeah, there. For anyone not watching this on YouTube, Sean is currently circling Liverpool Airport, um, <laughs> wait, waiting for Big Jet TV to turn up to bring it, bring it into land, a, a shaky landing, aren't you? Well, someone's got to get them landed. You're, you're my co-pilot as well, so yeah. together we'll, we'll sort oh, this yeah. out. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, get, Joe, we'll get us down safely. Joe, on the serious stuff, though, the nature of the win against Inter Milan, I mean, it was defence first up against an Italian side, sort of throw down all the stereotypes, as it were, but it's kind of first two efforts on target, 2-0 win for the Reds, and, and really in command of the tie now. Yeah, well, another stereotype. It was a proper way European performance, wasn't it? You know, I think, I think sometimes people expect, you know, that certainly... I think English football fans expect their teams to go and dominate all over Europe and Inter Milan are a very, very, very good team. You know, the champions of Italy and, and up there again and will most likely retain. So, you know, to, to go away, Liverpool were always going to have difficult moments. They were always going to, um, you know, be under the cosh at times. But to go away and win, as they did, keep a clean sheet, two goals a bit, away goals don't count anymore. But, you know, it was a, it was a very solid performance. You know, for the, for the chances into hard, I know I know they hit the other side of the bar. That was the, the, probably the best chance, but I never really felt like Alisson was having to. Well, he, they didn't have a shot on target. Did they? He wasn't having to make big saves. I didn't feel like Liverpool were ever on the verge of conceding. It felt like one that they were sort of waiting for the right moment. And um, and then we know how many dangerous players they've got. It was really good to see Firmino um, turn up in a big game again. And and then. You know, not many teams can stop Salah scoring and it was a proper Salah goal, wasn't it? In the right place at the right time, good finish. So, yeah, really, really good result. And um, Liverpool, will, I'm sure they'll get the job done and, and get themselves through to the quarters. So, you know, I, I think I said when Liverpool drew into it, it was a good draw for Liverpool in the sense that they're a big name. You take a lot of confidence from from knocking them out of the competition, but always confident that Liverpool would. So, you know, they're sort of halfway there and 
it feels like a better result than even City winning 5-0, for example, at Sporting, because they just don't feel like anywhere near as good a side as Inter Milan. Yeah, back-to-back wins in the San Siro, Sean, in the Champions League. N- not a bad feat, is it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's the thing, I think, that was most deeply satisfying about this win. You know, AC and Inter both beaten in their own backyard. And I think coming into this game, there was a bit of a collective memory loss from some elements of, of the pundit sphere. You know, it was almost as if Liverpool's group stage, where they swept everyone aside and won six out of six in a so-called group of death, was forgotten about. And then, you know, as, as Joe and Theo have said, the manner of the performance wasn't the best, but the victory was huge. But the amount of people who've been proved wrong in a short space of time is, is quite astounding, really. You know, you had Capello saying Liverpool aren't the team they were a few months ago and keep his man in the match every week. And like Joe's just said, Alisson literally could have just sat off on an espresso and an Italian paper and flick through it, couldn't he? And goal, it literally didn't have a save to make. No shot on target. On, yeah? That was doing <laughs> on a Thursday morning. <laughs> uh, he, was quite, he was quite busy the other night, wasn't he? He was in the press box. But yeah, what, what he does on Thursday mornings in St. Helens is, is anyone's guess. But then the Canio as well, you know, he was questioning Van Dijk and that, if, if you, there was any doubt as to whether Van Dijk's back to his best, that game, absolute defensive masterclass, completely in control of his line, won pretty much every header, didn't he? And him and Kanate were just a very dominant duo and was that great moment where Martinez just completely bottled, even taking him on, you know? So if you're getting back to the, the phase of Van Dyke being too intimidating to even go towards his, his kind of channel, then, you know, you know that he's absolutely back to his best. And then off the bench as well, as the guys have already mentioned, there was loads of little redemption stories with question marks around Henderson so far this season and Elliot thrown in at the start, which I, I thought was the right call and kind of maybe didn't work overall, but great experience for him. But, Henderson, Cater, Firmino as well, even coming on off the bench with the new challenges to him that have been brought in in attack. Um, and they all did fantastically well. So, yeah, I just think that is it's massive. And, and the way the defence has been over the last few weeks, especially, I think is has really set a platform for Liverpool to build on for the rest of the season. As the guys have said, you know, things can go wrong without the away goals rule as well. Inter have perhaps got a little bit of a squeak coming back to Anfield, but Liverpool should be able to see that out and kick on from here after a very, very positive result. Yeah, really commanding position that Liverpool are in. And Theo, Sean mentioned him there, but Roberto Firmino, Jurgen Klopp asked about him in his press conference ahead of the visit of Norwich City to Anfield. And one of those, isn't he, Roberto Firmino, that as you begin to maybe forget or become complacent on what he offers to this Liverpool side, he puts in a reminder. Yeah, he does. And his season has gone under the radar somewhat because he has got a decent goal return this year. He's just been unfortunate that he had a couple of hamstring injuries at bad times. And then when you take away Salah and Mane, he perhaps didn't make the impact you'd like as he was the one you'd look to to offer those goals. But he offers so much more. He isn't just a goal scorer. But then he can step up with these big moments. I think um, the team selection from Jurgen Klopp, there was so much excitement about that midfield. And it was almost that arrogance of we are Liverpool, we can dominate whoever we face. There are going to be games when it's nitty gritty, where they are going to have to play dirty or get into a real fight. And Inter Milan made sure they were in a real fight. And that's where it almost suited Firmino more than it would Diogo Jota. I'd still stand by Firmino is the better player, but Jota's in the form of his life and he scores more goals. You know, with Liverpool uh, chasing Man City and they're competing on four fronts and they've got this overall attacking package. Jota has been the perfect fit for them and Firmino is maybe slightly on the decline to pair, compared to what we saw two, three years ago. 
but as an overall package for what that game was against Inter Milan when you are in a fight, he was the one you wanted. I think stats-wise, he made more tackles than any other Liverpool player on the pitch and he was only on for half of it. Dropping deeper, winning the ball back. Um, it might not have been his most glamorous performance, but he still st- stepped up with that big goal and it was crucial to how Liverpool needed to play to get the job done in that second half. And there are going to be games where he's going to be needed. Like his European research season is, is great this year, isn't he? He's delivering goals, delivering assists. And you just need him to have these big moments now and he's going to be called on. Jürgen Klopp said it a number of times now and he took issue with it in the press conference today about Liverpool's strength and depth. Just stops asking about the squad that they've got all these talented players. They know they've got these talented players and they're not all going to be able to start every week. They're not all going to be able to come off the bench every week. It's just about making sure that when you get an opportunity, you take it and you push everyone on around you. And that's what Firmino's done. And now we're looking at it. Well, if Diogo Jota's ankle injury keeps him out for two weeks, three weeks longer, is Firmino the number nine there? Or are they going to have to have a reshuffle and put Mane or Salah there, bring in Diaz, Origi Minamino? Well, Firmino's he's got that goal now. He's got some confidence from it. You say, at the moment, he's a good chance to start in the League Cup final against Chelsea, get another medal to his name. He's already scored, what, winning the goal that won them the FIFA Club World Cup. He's played in Champions League finals. He's a Liverpool legend. And usually players do start to decline when they get to his age. It's no surprise to see him fall into that same pattern. We know the debate about his future and whether he deserves a new contract. But he's a Liverpool legend. He's still performing for the shirt, delivering when he needs to. Um, and it's why Jurgen Klopp's got all these options. So he can rotate, so it doesn't have to be the same front three week in, week out, where they're getting tired, when they're not able to make that same impact. He can chop and change. We've seen the impact is had at left-back, for example, where Robertson and Simicast have been superb because they're pushing each other on. If you're now going to get that same impact in the front three with the added depth there, Liverpool are only going to benefit. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's away from home, though. The questions are around Roberto Firmino. Is it, Joe? It's it's more at home. I mean, certainly the Premier League, you have to go back all the way to December 2020, that last-minute goal when the fans came back against Tottenham for the last time he scored a, in a home Premier League game. And maybe that continually, and, and before that it had been a long wait, hadn't it? That That's where the questions are kind of, kind of asked about Firmino. Yeah, you know, I, I think we're... You know, when I say we, I mean us as, as well as anyone are guilty of writing people off too quickly. I mean, look, Firmino's never been about, it's never been about goals. You know, anyone who's watched Firmino week in, week out, you know, he's, you know, he had the season in, in 17, 18, didn't he, where he, I think he did get like 25, 30. But he's, other than that, he's not a man who, who scores that amount of goals. 10 or 15 tends to be where, where he sort of averages a season. So I don't, I think. We don't really need to worry that much about Firmino's goals. He he brings a hell of a lot more to the side and, and, and I think unlocks, you know, space and, and chances for the players around him. So, you know, whilst Jota's come in and been a really good player for Liverpool, I think Firmino's still a, a very good option. And if he plays on Saturday and Liverpool score four goals or he plays against Chelsea and Liverpool win, it doesn't matter who scores them. You know, I'm sure he will play a part. And, you know, I think now Liverpool have got such a good squad, the temptation is to constantly compare players, isn't it? And say, well, is it Firmino or Jota, this, that and the other? But, you know, I had one guy come on to us this week, all good-natured, but listened to the blood red and, and said that, you know, this is why Cater's better than Henderson. And you know, Look, we've been critical of Cater and, you know, I think a lot of people have been critical of Henderson. But for me, that why does it have to be either or? It's, you know, they both came on, on on Wednesday night. They both contributed to what was an important win. 
and Liverpool will need all their players to contribute. And it's not about you know who's better than who and, or pecking orders. Liverpool have got a very very good squad, and, and Klopp can now use them. And um, you know, not worried about when Firmino scores his last Anfield goal. Doesn't matter if he never scores another Anfield goal again if, if Liverpool win every game and 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 win trophies. So, you know, for me, I think all that's a bit of an anomaly. I think you know, Firmino still plays a hell of an important role at Liverpool, and you know, Klopp values him very highly. Um, so pleased to see him get a bit of praise, but just because Jota's come in and done very well doesn't mean Firmino's finished or even massively declined. I just think. He plays a slightly different role in the squad to what he did before. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware I'm speaking to number one in the Roberto Firmino fan club in, in Sean Bradbury, but Sean, I suppose two Anfield Premier League goals in what is now three seasons, the goal against Chelsea at the end of the, the title-winning season and that one against Spurs. If you're looking at the numbers with Firmino, you're missing the point, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I do think, as his Liverpool career goes on into you know the, the winter of it, if you look at it like that, um, or potentially not. I mean, I think he's he could still be around here for several years because he is so unique to the system, as we've said, that I do wonder whether moving on w- would suit him. And it certainly wouldn't suit Liverpool because the role I see him taking up now is is very much kind of horses for courses, targeting certain games. I think he'd probably play more away from home. And I'm never surprised that he has more of an inf- impact away from home because, albeit Jota in recent months has, has had some huge away days. I think the way Liverpool have developed as a team is seeing the number nine at times be more of a traditional number nine. You know, there was, there was times last season when it wasn't working. And part of that was because we were so dominant, at, especially at home and, and the teams were packing out the defense that a lot of what Firmino does really well when he's dropping deep was kind of wasted and kind of neutralized by the approach of the opposition. Whereas Jota is just an absolute fiend in the box, isn't he? You know, left foot, right foot, header. He's probably, of all the players up front, the one that I would trust to put the ball in the back of the net the most. Um, whereas Firmino, in, in games away from home where it, there's more of a midfield battle, you need him to drop deep. And fundamentally, games where the opposition are having a bit more of a go, I think that's where he'll come into his own. And what what the whole squad depth thing, what I thought was, was fascinating and vital, really, for Klopp, on Wednesday night was all his changes worked, didn't they? They were they were they were excellent, and it, it must be difficult. I mean, he said as much in the press conference today that he's got no issues with players coming to him and, and being angry or frustrated with not having game time. But as long as they put the work in, he's okay with that, which is obviously the, the right attitude to take towards their training. But it makes it so much easier for him if he's making the right decisions and he's using the players in his squad well. And you know, Henderson came on and did a job very purposeful job, brought the energy and composure that, that he brings when he's at his best. Cater did well. Firmino got a decisive goal. And like Klopp said about th- that goal, he gave credit, didn't he, to, to Peter Crowett and the analytics teams in, in the background and said they, they'd worked on that. They'd seen it into weakness. Well, it was Firmino who scored it. So perhaps that was part of the plan all along as well to to bring him on. And he had that specific role. And could, could they nick one late using this? To, um, you know, r- routine that they'd rehearsed. So, yeah, I, I think I think he's got a massive part to play. And obviously, there's question marks around the contracts of all the the, the established front three. But Firmino's the one where I just think, hopefully, there is a, a mutually beneficial arrangement that they can come to because there's there's so many situations this season and, and onwards where you can still envisage him being a huge part of Liverpool's success. 
Yeah, I think going back to the the point on Firmino and away from home, it was <clears throat> away from home, wasn't it? At City, the 4-1 in, in 2015, where the blueprint was kind of laid out for the role he had. That was an away game. He scored, Liverpool played fantastically, take the point that it's always been a trick that's worked away from home for Liverpool. Uh, Theo, moving on and kind of touching on, I suppose, the spiky element from Jurgen Klopp's press conference. don't know if he didn't get much sleep after the travel back from Italy, but he, he did seem to be a bit irritable. And one question in particular irked him was being asked for what he said was the, the 5,000th time or so in the space of two weeks about how talented this squad is. He said, forget about the talent of the squad and how deep it is. It's the mentality I'm focused on. I found that fascinating. Oh, yeah, it's only a couple of years ago he was calling them mentality monsters. Uh, his Liverpool transformation has been seeing the players in the squad who he could turn into winners, getting rid of the ones who maybe didn't have that high-calibre mentality, that elite mentality, and then add into it, making this squad that could, at first, compete and win the Champions League, then could win the Premier League, and now can compete on all fronts. Uh, um, that's they could essentially still win all four trophies this year. Um, they've got this big week ahead of them where they could close the gap on City with the game in hand, and then putting the pressure on when City have got two tough fixtures. They'll get another game in hand because they're not playing because of the League Cup final, but it still gives them a power position of strength here. And it is all down to that mentality. Like who only won the Premier League? How many times was it um, those narrow victories or waiting until late on in the match to get the winner? Well, there haven't been as many incidents like that this season. They're still, it's a team of winners and you've got the players driving each other on. I already mentioned Simicast and Robertson, but we saw it from Henderson, um, his captain's performance coming on at the San Siro when the midfield needed to take control of the game and he was proper leader there, making sure they got the job done. Milner even coming on the last minute doing the same thing. Naby Keita, he wasn't afraid to get stuck in. He was carrying the ball forward. They were doing exactly what they needed. Um, Klopp said in a few press conferences recently, there are going to be players who expect to start who are on the bench and there are going to be players who expect to at least be in the squad who aren't. And we've seen that already. Like Curtis Jones has been left out of a couple of squads. They had, what was it, Minamino, Origi missing for games. And that's what, four was it last weekend? Four players missed out from outfield. Just There are going to be players who are unhappy and you've just got to react to it the right way. You've got to have that right mentality. And if players didn't have the right mentality, they wouldn't be at Liverpool Football Club. We've seen evidence of that in the past. It's why... Balotelli was just had his contract cancelled right off. I don't want you even here in the reserves rotting away. I just want you off the books. Mamadou Sacco, they got rid of him as soon as the mentality didn't look up to scratch. So many players have fallen by the wayside and you don't perhaps notice them as much because you're too busy focusing on the players that do do the job. And we talk about how talented the squad is. We go through them individuals and you think, oh, the depth's there now because they're all available. But yeah, they have got the right mentality. That's why they've achieved what they have. That's why they have won Premier Leagues. Champions Leagues and this season you wouldn't back bet against them adding more to it you just need to watch Trent's um, pre-match press conference from the week when he was talking about the desire to win trophies and how Liverpool have to be now winning at least one a season this is what Klopp's implemented into the squad and the fact that they've got used to it now and it's this way of doing things it's something they can carry on even without him when Klopp goes because Trent's going to be around for what another decade whichever manager comes in is going to inherit this winning mentality while it can be tough to step into those big shoes, he has turned Liverpool from this side that were just happy to get in the top four again, having missed out for so long, losing cup finals. It has been an overall journey. Now they're at that final level, it is going toe-to-toe with Man City and making sure they are competing for all these honours. Um, yeah, mentality monsters. Klopp said it himself, he'll say it better than I ever could. 
Yeah, definitely. Probably in fewer words as well. I'm only joking, Peter. <laughs> well, it's not his maiden tongue, is it? So, <laughs> no, true. true. Uh, Joe, in terms of uh, Jurgen Klopp and kind of how he's built Liverpool to the level he's now built them, is it a bit of a double-edged sword for him in terms of one end, he, he's got this squad, the best he's ever worked with, he says. The other side of it being the expectation is now such that, as Theo said at the beginning there, that initially it was get Liverpool competitive again. Then it was get them into the, the, the Champions League, get them competing for the Premier League. They won the the, uh, the Champions League in the meanwhile as well, won that Premier League. And now it is multiple fronts. Actually, won a season, yeah, everybody would take that. But you're looking at it now and thinking this season, actually, you'd like to see more than one trophy landed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know... <sighs> Look, I, I would argue Klopp ever since he's walked through the door. I mean, what is it? All but one season. Um, scratch that. All but two seasons they've been in cup finals, haven't they? The first season they were they were in a couple. Then they were in, they they got to the top four, didn't get to a cup final. Kiev, Madrid, last se- uh, the, the league last season, and then this season again they're in a cup final. So Klopp has had them competing almost since you know the, the day he walked through the door and. And that is just what Liverpool should be doing. And they're not going to win every cup final. They're not going to win every every trophy. There's going to be disappointment. But as long as Liverpool are in with the shells of trophies, as long as, you know, you provide the fans with days out, they're going to cup finals, they're going to big games, they're enjoying themselves. That's what, you know, that's what managerial reigns are all about. And that's what, you know, successful managerial reigns are all about. You know, I, I think back to Benitez and, you know, they only won two trophies under Benitez. But, I, you know, I, I thought growing up they were, they were great years. We competed for things. We we played in big games. You know, we, we saw great victories and and good. We had good nights. So, you know, I I think Klopp's done that for a long time. He's now got an even better squad. So you hope he can take it even further. Um, you know, I, I, you'd massively think that they're in a shell in with a shell to win the FA Cup. Um, you know, the league. You know, look at this week's a good example, isn't it? You've got a cup final in a week's time. Two Premier League games before that. And you could play pretty much three different teams, but feel confident that they'll win all three games. So, you know, I think he's done it really well. He's built the squad up slowly, you know, added a couple of players each year and, and got a lot out of academy graduates and players that he's retained um, from when he took over. And now Liverpool have a really, really good and strong squad. So, you know, there will be disappointments along the way. And I think players will leave in the summer. You know, I think one of the things of having a strong squad is that people like, you know, like Curtis Jones, for example, is left out. You know, it's a struggle for him, but, you know, players will come and go. But Liverpool have got a very good, good squad and Klopp will just have to keep adding to it. But I think they're at the level now where, you know, you expect the trophies to follow. But to be honest, I think Klopp's done it all along. So, um, you know, that just goes to show what a great manager he is. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, definitely. And the fully fit squad only lasted for, for one game, it seems. Sure. Yeah, well, Diogo Jota injured. No, but the, the, the point being in midweek, when we saw that full squad training together, the anticipation and excitement for what they can achieve. I mean, I put a tweet out kind of saying that for me, if, if Liverpool can't land two trophies this season, they're kind of underperformed with the squad they now have. I'll, I'll, I'll regress a bit from that saying, if you get to a final, anything can happen in a one-off final and the trophy can go wherever it goes. But the point stands, doesn't it? If they can't get to, to two finals this season, they're already in one and or even push City very close into maybe the final week or two of the, the Premier League season. Actually, this squad 
you would feel as though it's it's not been able to land what it possibly could. Oh yeah, and as you know, the lads have referenced what Trent said in the press conference ahead of, of Inter. That's exactly what you want to hear. You know that confidence that perhaps flirts with arrogance, but also reflect reflects the reality of the squad. I think it's great to hear that there's that kind of attitude in the dressing room, and you know, it's. I suppose it was it was the final step, wasn't it, that Liverpool over time necessarily because they haven't got the resources of Man City and, and it's a different model as we discussed countless times. It was the final step they needed to take with the squad, wasn't it, where you have genuine competition for places, you have people who are going to be disappointed week on week um, and, and it's something that to some extent I think Klopp has always sought to avoid. You know, there's, there's been this thing, hasn't there, throughout his career at various clubs where he's like the smaller squad just because it's a bit easier to manage. You can have, you know, closer relationships with everyone and, and keep them happy. But I think now, if if you're doing what Liverpool are doing this season, which is competing on all fronts, and there were, I, w- I would say, you know, with a bit of momentum and, and some good luck, you know, no injuries to start off next season, maybe a signing or two in the summer, there's, there's no reason to suggest they shouldn't be absolutely there again. And I think that is, that's just massive, isn't it? As, as we've all said, if they can keep that going, because it's the more games you are, you have, the more competitions you're going deeper in, the easier it is to keep people happy. Um, and I think, like I was saying before, we just can't underestimate Klopp in this. As much as his natural pre- preferred kind of squad management technique has been to keep it a bit small, I don't think there'd be any manager better than him at keeping everyone happy and just saying, you know, this is when I'll use you laying out individual plans for people, rewarding those who do well in training. I think he absolutely will do that. And the final thing I'd say on the squad is I don't really think there's that many players who could have that much of a problem with the lack of minutes they're getting. I mean, you know, of the ones who are on the fringes, I think Joe's probably mentioned the only player who I'd be slightly concerned about now that everyone is fit is Curtis Jones because I think he needs minutes, doesn't he, at this stage of his career to develop. Very talented player. uh, But... You know, in the two positions we've seen most of them in, let's say the left of midfield or possibly a little bit less at the left of the front three, there's two very strong senior options, if not more than that. So that's a slight concern. But everyone else, I mean, Origi, Minamino, even Gomez, albeit in a slightly different manner because he's had bad luck with injuries, I don't think they're guys who could be looking at the ones who are doing the job in their positions at the moment and expecting more minutes. Oxlade-Chamberlain, again, you know, he, he always knew the battle that would be on joining Liverpool and competing for a place in midfield or or you know wide in attack. So yeah, I think it's it's just it's just a great situation all around. And and the longer everyone stays fit, particularly in midfield, um, I'd say and, and the full backs, the the deeper they'll go this season. And yeah, Trent's right, at least one trophy please from from here on in. Just, yeah, just want to dive in, just on Jones. Yeah. I, I do wonder what they'll do with Jones because I, I really like him and I think that the performances he's put in this season I think are quite understated. I think are quite mature. I think possibly the only criticism you've had you'd have of him is he, he probably doesn't express himself enough, you know. And, and I think he's doing that, you know. He's almost trying to work for the team and and perhaps be a bit of an old school Liverpool midfielder. And by that I mean two seasons ago, where it's just work, 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 and, and push it to the full backs and give it to the front three. I think you know, the likes of Elliot have brought in a different dimension, haven't they, with the you know, slightly better attacking threat. But you know, Curtis Jones, when he was coming through, was a was a goal scoring midfielder. He, you know, he made things happen. He, he would take shots from distance. And I think with Jones, I just want to see him do that a little more. And you know, I don't know whether that's you know by design or, or not. But you know, Klopp hinted at it, didn't he, recently? Um, some quotes he gave talking about Jones. So um, 
I wonder whether the answer may be they'll loan him next season. I really wouldn't like like to see Liverpool sell him. Um, you know, I, I think you don't get many local lads come through like that who know what Liverpool are all about. Um, and I'd be really sad to see him leave Liverpool. So I, I hope that they can find a role for him. And I, and I hope that come the end of the season, you know, if he's not getting enough minutes, like Sean's mentioned, you know, if, if they have to do anything, they just loan him because... Um, I really don't want to see Curtis Jones. I don't, want to, I don't want anyone to give up on Curtis Jones just yet. I think he's too good, and I think he's got a hell of a lot of natural talent. Well, I yeah, think he'll be fine, Curtis Jones. It's one where if Liverpool value him, rate him enough, and think, yep, you are part of our long-term future, he'll be all right. But you look at the midfield options. They've got eight mm. senior lads here. Well, James Milner, his contract's up. Yeah, there's been talk in the week of him maybe getting an extension, but if he does get an extension, you still limit that game time more and more, and it is looking for the future. And Curtis Jones is the future, and it's like, well, Henderson's not getting any younger. Thiago's not getting any younger. It's this natural transition of getting these players and promoting them up. If there wasn't Harvey Elliott in this squad, there wouldn't be any qualms about Curtis Jones's role because he'd be getting the odd minutes here and there. He'd be on the bench every so often. He'd be doing exactly what you expect for a talented 21-year-old player at a squad that is as talented as Liverpool. It's like, is he even 21 yet? Like, you look how long it took Phil Foden to make himself a Man City regular. Clubs want regulars when they're a bit younger. It's at the Arsenal's where they don't have the talent in players where they can just put a Smith Rowe in or a Saka in early doors because they don't have anyone better than them. But when you've got these serial winners, it is about easing them in gradually. Jones is in the right place to learn his trade and it can be a natural transition. We just need to look at the front three and even the centre-backs here. This is what Liverpool are doing. They've signed Jota, they've signed Diaz. It is so you can gradually take that place, start more and more as Mane drops out or Firmino drops out. Canate is there waiting to pick up the pieces when a Matip or a Van Dijk start to decline. It's just this natural transition. Jones, as long as he's patient and takes his chances, he's going to be there to pick up the pieces and climb the pecking order. The only issue is if he gets impatient and wants to have a go elsewhere, thinking he should be playing week in, week out. Like we've seen before, if you leave Liverpool alone, it's very hard to get back. The only players from recent times I can think of are Rigi, and that was more luck than for um, actually anything they wanted. They've tried to sell him time and time again. It didn't happen. He was just in the right place, scoring against Everton, scoring against Barcelona, scoring against Tottenham. And Harvey Elliott. And Elliott was so young, he was always going to come back into the fold because they rate him so highly. He is just this exceptional player that is different to anyone else in the Liverpool youth ranks. Jones is just on a normal course for a player of his sort of age. He's got the talent, he's got the ability. It's going to be a roller coaster up and down. Um, you saw it with Steven Gerrard all those years ago. He wasn't immediately straight in the first team, holding the shirt down week in, week out. Jones is just in that position where he's coming into one of the strongest positions in the Liverpool squad with so much depth, so much experience. And he is the easy one to drop out. He's the easy one to leave out because he's not going to make as much noise about it as some of the more senior players because he's the youngest one there, still learning his train, still having to force his way up the pecking order. I think it's a good point, isn't it? Because he is only 21. I think we expect um, so much, don't we, out of our young footballers now. We expect them to perhaps achieve more at such a young age because you have, you've had the likes of Trent... Um, Stephen Gerrard, Wayne Rooney, people like that have come through, and you know I think with with Jones in the position that he plays, you're right. You know it might be a couple more years before he starts to find the consistency that you need in midfield. So yeah, totally agree. I really, really hope he can hang on and Liverpool can can find enough to keep him satisfied because I, I still think he's a great player. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
Yeah, but equally, I suppose on the point you're making there is even in training, such is the depth and the strength in depth of that that Liverpool side that even if he's in, say, the second eleven in training, all due respect, they're better than this weekend's opposition, Norwich City. So in training, he's coming up against the best all the time, day in, day out. And that will be aiding and helping his development. I get the argument for him wanting minutes and a player would need minutes to develop. But equally, the level at training must be so, so high that actually he will be still developing and, and honing those skills on the training field. And whilst the likes of, of Milder and Henderson, perhaps age, I mean, for Curtis Jones, he couldn't wish for better role models. Could he? He's had Jeannie Vinealdum, James Milner's still there. Jordan Henderson's still there. Naby Cater's there as well. If he can just be a sponge in and around these guys and soak a bit from all of those, by the time they all move on, Liverpool could have the complete package in Curtis Jones. So interesting, interesting indeed. Right, let's, before we go, get on with our team selector. We've not spoke much about Norwich City, but we can speak about them whilst we select the side and why we would pick the team we would to take on the Canaries. Of course, a uh, repeat of the opening day win of the season for Liverpool down at Carrow Road. It's been changed at Norwich since Daniel Farker has gone and in comes Dean Smith. But in terms of the 11, I'll kick us off. Alison Becker, after Jurgen Klopp said in the press conference, there'll be no competitive football for Cuevin Kelleher ahead of the uh, Carabao Cup final. So, Joe, I'll throw to you. What's the back four going to be? Trent, right back. Um, I really liked the look at Canate the other night. Um, you know, I, I again, I think understated. He's he's been just such a hell of a signing for Liverpool. He looks he looks like he's got so much potential. You know, he's got so much presence, hasn't he? Um, and I thought whilst Van Dijk was very very good the other night and took a hell of a lot of plaudits, Canate alongside him was was equally as impressive. So, um, so I'd be tempted to keep him in, but then with the games coming. Perhaps it makes sense to put him back in against Leeds and put Matip in here. So, yeah, I suppose I'll do that. Matip, Matip and Van Dijk. And then I think Simicass obviously had a good first game of the season, didn't he, against Norwich. And again, Robertson, you know, you can you can use them in different games. So I'll put Simicass into at left back. Yeah, I suppose, Sean, there is going to be changes, isn't there, between this game and the game midweek ahead of the cup final. Half the side may be rested and half in the other game, just kind of which way you split it. But what would your defence be? Um, yeah, I think I've got exactly the same as Joe. Trent, I'd basically rest Trent for one of these two home games and Robertson for the other. Um, albeit resting Trent is just difficult, isn't it? Because who is the Simicast? There isn't someone who is an obvious play to put in there who can partly replicate what he does. But yeah, for this one, Trent, Matip, Van Dijk and Simicast for me. Theo, are you completing the set? Uh, yeah, like, I agree. If you're going to rotate, you're probably going to do half and half, aren't you, for these two games and then go full strength for the final. Um, talk about the deputy for Trent. Well, he's at Fulham, isn't he? Nico Williams. So it's either a Milner or a Joe Gomez. Um, and it's still a big ask if you want to put Joe Gomez at right back. You'd say Norwich may be not as challenging for him as against Leeds where he could go up against a Dan James or a Rafinha or one of those sorts of players. But it's still hard to look past Trent. I think he's one of those players that when he's fit, you start him and unless he's absolutely knackered. And like he said in that press conference in midweek, he's in the form of his life at the moment. So Trent starts. Um, Canate, I think maybe you do keep him in for this one with Van Dijk and then Robertson can be left back and then it's against Leeds when you'll maybe put in Simicass. Matip or whatever and then rotate it for um, giving them a chance to rotate for staking their claim for the final 
All right, Theo, what about your midfield three then? <sighs> midfield three. Um, that's a tough one. Fabinho holding, I think, taking him off early. Mistakes, that makes sense for him to keep that place. Uh, and then Naby Keita and Henderson, they did so well coming off the bench. I wouldn't be against just letting them start this one. But talking about strength and depth, there are so many options. With these two league games, you are going to need to have a look at an Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, maybe even a Curtis Jones. We've just been singing his praises. Um, but when they've just come on and played such a big role in Liverpool getting the job done against uh, Inter Milan, I can make both of us deserve to start this one. Yeah, definitely. I, I think if you make the changes, you need Henderson in there, don't you? The, that mentality. Sean, what about yourself with the midfield? Yeah, I think this is the most difficult area to pick, really. I, I would go Fabinho deep and Henderson and Thiago. And the reason for Thiago, I think I think Keita would, would start in midweek. Keita definitely starts one of these two. But I'd have Thiago on, on the left of the midfield just because Simicas comes in and, spoiler, but I'm, I'm going to throw Diaz in as well. So I think you want someone who is just definitely a calm, composed figure on, on that left side of the midfield and just has the experience just to, to guide those two through if needed. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really go wrong with, with these two. I wonder if there's an opportunity for one of them to rest Fabinho and put Henderson as, as the six again, because obviously he came on and did so well in that role against Inter. But yeah, I, I'd go with that that midfield of the, of the main three fellas for this one. Joe? Again, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? And so many I've options. Almost, yeah, I've almost talked myself into playing Curtis Jones now. <laughs> uh, I'd be tempted. And look, you know, you, you could sort of make this argument for the Leeds game. I want to play Naby Keita. Um, I, think, I think this is a good game for him. Um, I want to give Fabinho a rest in one of these two games. But I feel like Leeds are slightly more dangerous. So I, I think I'll give him a rest here. So I play Henderson in the six, and I have talked myself into playing Curtis Jones. And I like, I I'm also another spoiler. I'm also going to give Diaz, but I like the idea of putting Thiago in for that reason. But I think, you know, I, um, Josh wrote something today about Norwich being susceptible to, to players that cut in on the right foot. So I'm going to put I'm going to put Jones on that side and just double up and have all these players cutting in on their right. <laughs> Shooting from everywhere. You know so what, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, no, I'll, I'll, I'll put Jones, Jones, Cater, and Henderson is my slightly ill-balanced middle three. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Sean, I'll come round to you. You can lead on the the front three. I mean, you've no, sorry, you have got Trent. Does that mean there's no Mo, or are you going to go against Leeds with no Salah or or Trent, or are you going to just keep playing Mo all the time? Uh, yeah. Well, with, with... With Salah and Mane, I'd take the same approach as I would take with Trent and Robertson, and I'd start one of them in each of these two home games before the final. So, yeah, I'd have Salah, Firmino and Diaz um, going across the front line. I think, like Joe said, I saw a little bit of of the City-Norwich game, and Sterling, albeit all his goals didn't come from that flank. You know, he had this penalty rebound, didn't he? And the the one he tapped in, I think, was from a set-piece. But that one where he cut in and just made mincemeat of, like, their (laughs) their whole right-hand side, you just think, the flashes we've seen of Diaz so far where he's come in and done exactly that and dribble past players and just look very threatening and, and very settled very quickly. Um, yeah, I think his eyes will be lighting up if he gets a start and hopefully he does. Joe, what about yourself? Lewis Diaz has, has gone straight into my fancy football team. <laughs> he's going to go straight into my fancy Liverpool team for, uh, for Norris tomorrow because, yeah, I, I honestly think, you know, he came on, didn't he, and almost scored straight away 
in Milan, um, you know, with the little ball. I think Trent put him through, didn't he? Yeah. I, I think he's going to play tomorrow and I think he's going to um, give us another reason to be very excited. So him and like Sean, Firmino uh, and Salah, and you just don't drop Salah, do you, at the moment? So that's that's mine. No, and you're looking for what about 150th Liverpool goal. So can he get it? Theo, is he in your team? Yeah, he is. Um, I think he's, again, one of those players that you just can't drop and he's got good form against Norwich. He's got good form against Leeds. So it might be a rare exception. He has to just play every minute and then you get the job done, take him off in 60 minutes. Uh, Diaz, I agree. There's the excitement there. It's the sort of game you want to start him. Klopp said he didn't want to get him involved against Burnley because it's a real welcome to the Premier League. It's completely different to Leicester in the week before. Well, Norwich and Leeds, these are the sort of games you can play him for. Um, it's a bit harsh on Sadio Mane especially after taking off from the hour mark. Uh, there is an argument to say maybe putting him up front with um, through the middle there, but Fabinho, he can keep his place. And then just got to hope that you can unleash a, an angry Sadio Mane off the bench and he can do enough to get into the starting eleven and make a, a claim for the final, um, hopefully be the winner in the final. He's already got a taste of that this month. Uh, it does feel harsh, though. Like Just come back from the Africa Cup of Nations. They've signed a £40 million, pound, million pound sign-in in your absence. And now you haven't done anything wrong. You're back in form, but you're still on the bench. But yeah, Diaz is the exciting. He's a new toy. Let Liverpool play with him. He's out the box. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I wouldn't be against maybe seeing him through the middle. He seems to have... For, for someone who we were told was going to play very much off the left-hand side and cut in, he's played very centrally, even sort of during open play at times. And, and San Siro was running all around the pitch. But it's very we shocking, like wasn't it? Yeah, we will have to kind of wait and see what will happen with him. But what about match predictions then? Sean, I'll come to you first. What's your score going to be? Um, not a good day for Delia. 3-0 to Liverpool. Joe? An even worse day for Delia. 4-0 to Liverpool. Oh, let's be having you, Theo. What's the score going to be? Uh, an even, even worse day for Delia. 5-0. Right, so the Reds will have the Canaries playing to their tune, according to us. Do make sure you catch all the reaction across the Liverpool Echo website and come back here to the Blood Red channel for our post-match debrief show, as well as Jurgen Klopp's press conference in full. Of course, on Monday, we will be back to react to the weekend's fallout and plenty more besides. But from myself, Guy Clark, Sean Bradbury, Joe Rimmer and Theo Squires, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.